I don't know. I felt like I had been high load in football. Like I just got crushed. And, um, basically she hit me and I hit the ground and then I was pinned to the ground and I was screaming and, um, probably fairly embarrassingly effeminate. Hey everyone. Welcome back to Tundra Talk. I'm your host, Tyler Friel. And here in the man cave with me, I have my good buddy, John Schertz. Pleasure to be here. Yep. And, uh, this is a podcast, John. It is. I'm hoping, uh, I'm most looking forward to having people on here that I have to explain what a podcast <laughs> is to them first, because they ha- they may not have been tainted yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm obviously myself brand new to this whole deal, so uh, so you'll have to pardon my speech impediments as I say all the time. You may not have heard enough yet to uh, to understand what I'm talking about, but you will. <laughs> Anyway, my buddy John, he's he also lives up here in Fairbanks and uh, does a heck of a lot of stuff around Alaska. And uh, yeah, so John, introduce yourself. Well, my name is John Schertz. Um, I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up in a suburb of Detroit. Um, pretty funny place to be. But, um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household, but uh, I was lucky enough to have my time kind of split between the city and our property, which is in the western side of the state. And um, I had a step grandpa that was really big into whitetail hunting and the outdoors. And I mean, I've always been a passionate fisherman since I since I was just a little guy. I took to it naturally, I guess, like a fish in water. But, um, you know, the other aspects of the outdoors, I kind of also was just naturally attracted to, such as whitetail hunting. Um, That's what I started doing in spring turkey. And then um, in 2009, I moved to Alaska and I attended University of Alaska Fairbanks. And, um, you know, since 2011, I've been working on the Copper River every summer, working with Chinook salmon and um, mostly just uh, we use a marked recapture study and uh, we count king salmon on the copper so you know um you know i've i started hunting really hard up here in about 2012 and um i i wouldn't change it for the world i mean i'll I'll never leave yeah i'm 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 the same way for sure and like um the episode i did with uh my buddy frank you know we talked a lot about transplants and how so many people up here were not born here there's a lot that were but it seems uh, you know off the top of my head i can think of way more people that moved up here and uh whether specifically for the the hunting and fishing opportunities or whatever but uh yeah it definitely draws a certain type of person up here (laughs) but uh going back to michigan i actually got to shoot my first turkey last year in michigan oh cool whereabouts oh um vermontville was the little town okay um we had to had to go down there and I had to go down there to help with a ATV test that Outdoor Life magazine, who also write for, was doing. Um, and kind of in the in the mornings before the test, we'd go turkey hunting, and it was fun. I thought it was interesting that it's a one bird state, right? Yep. Was it like that when you were there? It was. Yep. I would struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, being up here. Like I'm not saying I would be an outlaw, but it would be it'd be kind of a struggle. I mean. It reminded me a lot of predator hunting when I was a kid, um, just the way we hunted and and the guy I was down there with is really good at turkey hunting and kind of went about it how I would think you would, you know, go locate, keep hitting different spots until you locate a bird and can work them, and if it's not working, go to another spot, and uh, I mean, that's how we did it and worked out pretty good, but uh, yeah, it's they're great eating but there's not a lot on them no no there's really not and um you know i I was never particularly selective and i i kind of came into my own when i after i moved up here too so like i was no expert by any means in terms of turkey hunting i would mostly hunt corners of ag fields and whatnot like we saw some success but it was mostly it was mostly sit and wait it wasn't necessarily actively pursue at least the way i did it yeah yeah well everyone's at a certain certain level and uh and i don't know everyone has stuff to learn yeah i guess i should say exactly i I didn't know what i was trying to say but that's the (laughs) biggest thing um 
But yeah, so and now officially we can call you Captain John, right? Yeah, yep. As as of yesterday, I, I was able to successfully complete the course, and uh, you know I've got all my paperwork in a pile, so it's uh, yeah, this uh, good. Coast Guard's cat is that a six pack or? Yeah, it's the OUPV, or it's um, an operator of uninspected passenger vehicle. Gotcha, um, and uh, that just be, like, by six pack, it means you can run a boat with up to six passengers. I think right commercially. Yep, yep up to six passengers commercially. And uh, I guess where we're going with this is John just started. He's been working on the copper for years now. On uh, you just started, and this will be your first year running a dip netting charter business. Yep. So uh, for those that don't know, um, on the Copper River, it's kind of, and they have it on a couple of rivers. The Copper is more where more people from Fairbanks go, but uh, you basically go, go down there and it's a, uh, a super silty river with, you know, a pretty famous salmon run. A lot of, you know, sockeyes are what most people are going there for. But uh, as a resident, you can get a subsistence dip netting permit and... Uh, go down there with a big giant net stick it in the water and catch these salmon as they're swimming up river and you know the the limit varies from year to year what the runs are looking like and the and even from week to week sometimes down there but uh that's how a lot of people up here get you know fill their freezer up with salmon for the winter and uh so that's a little background on it and just what dip netting is it's kind of kind of a pretty uniquely alaskan thing but uh yeah, so you've run run that river and, and been working that fish camp for a couple of years. So what John will do, as far as I understand, and hopefully not dump anybody in the water, <laughs> is, you know, for and the main area of this dip netting is this just hellacious canyon where this, you know, three-quarter mile wide river is punched down, is squeezed down into a couple hundred yards. And... uh just sheer rock walls and all this and what he's going to be doing i believe and maybe i'm just stealing your thunder by explaining this no not at all but uh um it's there's different ways to do it some people take four wheelers on a trail and climb down the cliffs basically and and tie off to a rock and stick your net in the water and get your fish but there's some spots that you have to get dropped off on by a boat because you just can't get to them um i guess the third way would be to actually take your boat down there and there's different methods for doing it but uh so john will be dropping dropping people off on rocks essentially (laughs) yep yep we're gonna do um um rock drop-offs we do have limited availability for that as well um but uh you know primarily we're going to be running um boat dragging tours um so i've done you know and over the past seven years on the copper you know i wound up taking a lot of friends family Mm -hmm. and then it turned into their friends and their families so like every year i just wound up taking a whole lot of people fishing so i learned a lot about how to be hyper successful with that um and uh, generally speaking the the dragging from the boat is is an extremely effective way to do it yeah and that's kind of what i was getting at and you explained it a little better but where there's certain areas where You'll go and, and you just make these runs on the boat where you'll go upstream to the head of an, an area, the top end of an area that you're wanting to, to net. And some, you know, sometimes you can shut the boat off or sometimes you have to, you have to back troll a little bit almost, but, uh, but run your net down to the bottom and hold that net right off the bottom of the river and drift backwards. And then you catch those fish as they're swimming up and swimming into your net and, uh, seen some pretty interesting methods for doing that but uh i know one we did one year actually ran a couple um zodiacs down there and the one this one hole took three guys one guy to run the boat and two guys on the net and we had you know the these nets have like 15 foot poles on them or i don't know how long they are but uh um they make one net that's like a real those wide bottom kind of square bottom nets yeah, they're good for ticking the bottom one. Yeah, yeah, and what you what we would do is tie a rope to the pole right above the net, and one guy would hold the rope, and the other guy you get to the head of this hole and run the pole down as fast as you can to the bottom, and the other guy would hold the rope so you can back troll a little bit and it won't sweep the net out from under you, and just back trolling and you hear it feel wham wham wham, <laughs> you know, and, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, you've had your fair share of experiences up here not only 
down on the copper, all sort of bears and. Uh, but you you had the oh, we'll get into this a little later. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But uh, but yeah, tell me a little bit because you I mean you're obviously dealing with black bears and brown bears all the time. You guys ran some baits down there, but uh, I want to hear the the Riley Jed Clampett story on that 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 bear you guys had to tag last year. So yeah, so um we've had a couple of issues at a particular spot in the copper. It's Haley Creek. And um honestly I, most of the issues we've had are, are people that aren't discarding their fish properly. So what it happens is it's a beautiful spot and um we just kinda we'd go there for R and R or we'd do some grouse hunting up the trail. There's some tunnels we'd go explore. But um, anyways, that particular area is there's high tra- high people traffic. So, you know, they people will n- improperly, instead of throwing their fish to the right 10 feet in the river, they'll throw them to the left on the land. And um, what happens is, is bears start coming in there and then they get, um, they get very habituated to people. And um, that's when we encounter issues with them. Um, you know, before I get into the, that particular story, a couple of years ago, it would have been 2014, we were doing some hiking and um, I came back down and I was alone and um, I was just walking down the trail. And earlier in that day, we had treed a couple of cubs and then we backed off of the trail and waited. I think it was over an hour until that they had vacated the area. We just backed out of there and um, I had came down and I was hiking back towards back towards the boat and um, just, you know, I, I'd even say somewhat complacent, but I was armed, but um, I was just hiking and um, I just the next thing I remember was my face planted into the dirt. I felt like I got hit by a linebacker and this particular sow had just exploded out of the bushes. And, and that was that black bear, wasn't it? That was, it was, she was a synonym yeah. black bear that we all knew. We had actually named, we actually had been calling her Bertha because um, <laughs> she, she had, she was fairly ornery as well. Like we'd encountered her on multiple occasions. Um, and I mean, we were actually at this point in time, a couple of miles from our bait, but it was certainly her. Um, she had some pretty cool characteristics, um, kind of like a sunspot on her chest too. But, um, you know, she wasn't even an overly large bear, but, um, I, I don't know. I felt like I had been high load in football. Like I just got crushed and, um, basically she hit me and I hit the ground and then I was pinned to the ground and I was screaming and, um, probably fairly embarrassingly effeminate as well. Yeah. I guess <laughs> no, um, ju- no judgment, <laughs> but, uh, you when, know, when the bears actually made contact, yeah, you know, we'll we'll draw a line when when no contact has been made. You know, <laughs> the reaction and how you can hold your mud together. But once it, yeah, once it gets to that point, we can overlook some things. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, anyways, what what absolutely blew me away is, I mean, she, um, she was she was an older sow, but um, you know, not by any means a giant. I mean, this particular bear was probably sub two hundred pounds. Um, and, uh, I could not move. I couldn't move. Like just, I couldn't roll. I couldn't do anything when she was on top of me. So, um, I remember screaming and kicking and, um, it's sort of all a haze for me because the massive adrenaline dump by the time I yeah. realized what was going on. But I, I, I kind of backed up like I was able, cause she got off of me and mm. then and was, you were on your back. I was on my back. Yep. Yeah. Initially I, my face smashed into the dirt, which I had a, some pretty gnarly shiners and cobble in my forehead. Yeah. But, um, you know, then I, then I rolled over and, uh, I don't know if I rolled or she rolled me actually, but I, but I wound up face up with the bear on top of me and, um, I wasn't being chewed on though, thankfully for that. But well, wasn't um, she, wasn't she lunging for the, for the goodie bag? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the next part I was going to get into. So I, I was kicking and screaming and just in a adrenaline dump. And, um, then I felt her, her nozzle, um, approach and press into <laughs> my uh sensitive area which is then when i, I just started losing it and screaming oh and like yeah I backed off because i was like oh my gosh like i mean if she would have opened up her mouth and bit i'd i would have had some serious issues there but um after that i i think i contacted her i think i had kicked her a couple of times when that happened because that's when i just absolutely freaked out and panicked and then um i kind of spun back around i got up grabbed the shotgun and she was gone like so apparently like we had <laughs> but but after I got up, I I'd gotten up and I saw those same two cubs treed. So I hadn't I hadn't actually seen them. You know, normally they'll make yeah. a lot of noise and be kind of bellering and whatnot. But they, um, in this particular instance, I got directly parallel to them and had split the sow and the yeah. cubs. Exactly what you don't want to do. So um, once she determined that I was um, fairly pathetic, she 
luckily left me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had some tattered clothes. Um, you know, she had she had swiped my sweater, which had um, actually at my work they presented me with like a brand new tribal tribal <laughs> hoodie for that. So yeah. So needless to say, just because you got your 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 forty four mag or your five hundred walk, you know, on your hip doesn't mean it's bare. I don't know bear protection it's, it's a fun subject to like talk about and there's a lot of useful inf- things you can learn and whatnot but you always get the oh well what if this happens well you might be dead yeah you know because you know, a lot of that stuff it's when you're not going to expect it yeah you can be i think you can be reasonably prepared depending on the situation you might be going into you know and everyone likes to think of themselves as oh yeah i'm totally totally ready to go and uh you know whether it's you're you're hunting a bait or or in an area with a lot of bears like there's things you can do to up your chances but ultimately it's a roll of the dice yeah you know cuz like you said that thing hit you before you even knew what i didn't even know like i like i i don't actually even recall hearing her i'm sure that she exploded through because i mean you know in alaska anyways there oftentimes there's just t- tangles and jungles of either alders or devil's club which is exactly what we were dealing with there so i mean that country is so horribly thick that when if you're not on a trail i mean it can take hours to cover yeah a laughable amount of ground so yeah so so yeah so moving on to this year this past year yep so so this past year we had um up at haley creek um probably about a quarter mile um, down the trail from where that instance with that uh, cinnamon sow had occurred, um, we encountered a bear, and, and this was a this was a particularly old brown bear that we hadn't seen. Um, and um, originally we had spotted it, and, and I was kind of like, well, you know, I wouldn't mind harvesting this this bear, so let's yeah. let's try to uh, let's try to creep up. We have a lot of people that are armed because we actually had gone on a grouse hunt, and the way we did that is we just load a, a bird shot in front of the slugs, and mm-hmm. then when we'd fire one off and reload for for the grouse or whatever but um so then we kind of cautiously approached we had the wind just screaming in our face and this bear then disappeared over a bluff and she was eating people's fish carcasses that they had improperly discarded at haley and um we started to get a little bit closer and then um she and then one of my one of my techs behind me um alerted me that that he had seen a cub and yeah. uh or you know what you know they were two-year-old cubs they were they were fairly stout in nature so then we kind of backed off we're like okay we're we're backing off of this particular situation now because that's not a bear that i'm interested in harvesting anyways and um then the bear spotted us and sort of dipped over there so there's some topography that there's kind of like a a dip that goes down when the water's low ish like it was at that point in time and uh she disappeared over that and then exploded out charged us circled back did it again and then we all kind of clustered up and um, we were all communicating and whatnot um and uh then the bear started kind of started kind of slowly catwalking towards us and then um angled away and uh that's when the uh that's when the first shot was fired on her so yeah um just one of those you could tell she was it was gonna it wasn't one that you were just gonna run off i don't know yeah you've been around them enough you kind of get get the feel for the point of no return yeah i mean when they you know generally um the rule of thumb is is that you want to behave sort of the opposite of the bear so like you know if the bear is being very aggressive and roaring and agitated then you kind of want to stay calm but in the opposite case when the bear is very calm and collected that's um supposedly anyways there's this is highly debated but um um that's when they're the most dangerous is because when they're really calm and complacent with your presence there um is when you then would get aggressive, which we did. We were screaming and yelling. And um, Riley, a, a buddy of mine, he's got a, a single shot twelve gauge that he calls Jed Clampett. That um, we've all uh, we've all we've, we're all very familiar with Jed. It's kind of a plastic stock, like just a hunk of junk. Yeah. And um, he loved he loves carrying it for whatever reason. You know, he's kind of a cowboy, but he loves that particular firearm and uh that was the gun that uh that that was the first to bark at that particular bear <laughs> that reminds me when i was a kid one of my buddies we'd go this is in colorado we'd go dove hunt we'd go dove hunting together and they, they had a little farm and um they had their grandpa's 410 the same thing you know a little single shot 410 and 
we called it the Pilgrim because <laughs> yeah. it was like so old. <laughs> but yeah, it reminded me of that. But yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that bear after everything went down and <laughs> Riley and, and Jed Clampett. <laughs> yeah, Riley and Jed Clampett. Jed was the Jed was the first to bark. Um, you know, we we uh, at that particular site, our our company firearms were shotguns. Um, yeah. Just mostly just due to ease of use. I mean, like you know, um, you know, we could debate back and forth the effectiveness of those. Um, I, I for one am not a big fan of them. Um, you know, I think that they will stop a threat certainly, and I've seen it on a couple different occasions. Um, that one included. Um, but, uh, you know, they take a lot of lead. Well, that's the thing, you know, I mean, and everyone just takes, like, if you did a poll, like, I don't know what percentage, but a huge percentage of people would say, oh, the best bear defense gun there is is 12 gauge with slugs. Yeah. And you just kind of take that for granted. And the vast majority of people have never actually had to put them to put them to the test. And I can't, was it, I was talking to one of the fishing game techs I knew that had, participated in one of the you know the predator control they where they they took the helicopter and shot a bunch of like a bunch of grizzly bears out of this area that they were just overrun and killing all them there was wasn't near the moose that that area should have anyway he was telling me that they uh that he was not impressed with how 12 gauge slugs did on those bears and uh yeah i don't know that got me thinking about it and you look at like ballistically it's basically just a giant handgun round yeah. As far as, you know, any kind of, it sounds so cheesy to say shock, but that um, that terminal performance and like that permanent cavitation, temporary and permanent cavitation that a high energy bullet causes. But anyway, that's a whole nother tangent, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to see if I can get a, get that. I know I do have it, but see if I can use, put that, the picture of that, you guys in that bear up, but uh, definitely a pretty intense situation yeah it sure was and and uh, my significant other was with us too at that point in time so it was kind of it was less than ideal for sure yeah well and with multiple you know it's nice to have multiple people a lot of times because the bears just don't want nothing to do with you but when you run into one where you got to start shooting i mean it can get you never know how some people are going to react what they're going to do it can get pretty crazy in a hurry with when the the lead's flying you know yep and just not not a safe situation in in any aspect really. Yeah. But you know, I was glad to see that you guys made it out made it out of that unscathed that time, especially after your black bear scare. You know, yeah, we've had a couple out there, so <laughs> I've, I've been charged more times than I like than I would certainly like to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's you know there's kind of back to the bear defense thing. You know, any forum or whether it's a Facebook topic or video, you know, 99% of the people that have their firm, solid opinion have never been charged once by a bear. Yep. Like it's, there's just a different perspective that comes out of it that, uh, I think it's, it definitely gets the old ticker pumping. Yeah. You're not going to say it's fun and you don't want to be in that situation, but it, you know, if it, it happens, you got to know how to deal with it. You sure do, you know, and, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into this tangent, but, um, you know, that kind of goes back into um, proper defense. You know, a lot of different people um, push handguns and me me personally i know that i i don't shoot them well period so like yeah. especially under duress um you know for me that's a less than ideal and um the shotgun those really low bc rounds i mean and we, we use the best um in my opinion anyways those are those black magics they're very solid yeah. constructed and um designed for penetration so you know um in my opinion you're not going to beat a, a centerfire round um on the bears yeah. comparatively yeah I mean. and i think it like this is going to be have to be a whole nother podcast <laughs> exactly yeah or or a series of podcasts and it's and it's to even remotely flesh the topic out but uh yeah it's um it's just different i like there's times when i'll i'll have a handgun like it's just evaluating any situation you're putting yourself into or potential situation and see what gives you the best odds you know if i'm going into a spot where i'm like yeah there's a pretty high likelihood that that it's going to go down. Like I'll take my three seventy five every time. Every time, yeah, me. Uh, you know, not, yeah, not not even a question. Like there's, I don't think there's any handgun that's sufficient 
for, you know, when you're talking, especially the bigger coastal bears, talking animals that can sometimes soak up 375 rounds <laughs> like it's a BB gun. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll save a lot of that yeah. for a whole nother deal. Cause we'll, we'll be talking for hours. So yesterday was the big day. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday was the big day when, when, uh, when my licensing went, what goes through and everything's, lo- everything's looking really good. So the day where, uh, oh yeah, that for your boat talk, but, but oh. the, uh, the draw hunts. Oh yeah. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it sure was that too. There's yeah. a lot going on yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday was the day when uh fishing game announced the results of the draw and it's pretty funny. I think it was Jesse knock who, you know who he is, don't you? Yeah. He's yeah. a good guy. I think he was the one who said this, so I can't steal it for myself, but he said it so well, like so many people get so excited for this day to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like like he, or he said something like i i never get so excited to be disappointed <laughs> something like that yep but uh yeah so yesterday there's there's a lot of real there's some really happy people and a lot of really pissed off people <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a pretty par for the course though. and it's funny how how that website you know how it works you could do get an email if you're if you're drawn but everyone's just watching the website like a hawk i mean there's I don't know if anyone's crashed the website because of that. It's crashed due to some registration hunts, but uh, yeah, everyone watches that like a hawk. And then you usually, if you draw something, you usually get a text about it before you can see it, which I did that morning. And you know, thank you for just saying, "Oh, you're going to be stoked." I don't know if it was you or Nick texting me. Where it was, it was both. On a group yeah, text. it was a group message. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I managed to draw a toke management area sheep tag this year, which is uh, pretty awesome. In 15 years, it's only the third tag I've drawn. And, and none of them were sheep tags. None of them were sheep yeah. tags. I've never never drawn a sheep tag. But, uh, yeah, I'm super stoked to get that. Um, I woke up this morning and, you know, go through the routine, and then it, like, dawns on you. It's like something really good happens. Yeah, I got a toke sheep tag this year. <laughs> um so I'm pretty excited the past few years. Well, I've killed 11, ra- 11 doll sheep and all of them in just general harvest areas. And I get excited about sheep hunting still, but you know, or I wouldn't be doing it. But uh, recent years, it's just kind of, eh, I haven't had like that vigor where it's like, yeah, this is going to be freaking awesome. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty stoked about that. And uh, that, that tag is a pretty... Is, one of a few tough ones to get. It's, uh, I don't know, what's probably less than 5% odds of drawing it. I think it's less than one for that particular it tag. might it's, be, yeah. It's it's a pretty pretty highly sought-after sheep tag. And I I think there may be a couple, like the, the DS-136, I think, has better genetic potential for, like, giant, giant sheep. That's a Chugach tag. Yeah. Or, yeah. But uh, but Toke does good. I mean, it's specifically managed for quality sheep, and uh, man, I'm just stoked. Like I'm still can't hardly believe it. Absolutely, I'd say that's probably the premier tag. Like that's the one that I mean. There's a couple, but but I would say that's probably like the like the upper echelon. Yeah, and it's funny how this works. And I mean, we'll be. I think there's enough where we'll be bouncing around a little bit on this, but uh, draw results come out, and then like if they if you didn't draw a tag, every you know not everyone, but so many people. <laughs> there was a couple comments like yeah, or posts like f this, you know I'm I'm done putting in until they you know until <laughs> yeah. they give me a point system or and offer refunds or whatever and. Oh, it's just and people going. Oh, yeah, they're screwing me over. It's rigged and and all this and and yeah, I guess it's easy for me to to be the <laughs> asshole. But yeah, I drew a toke tag, so uh, you guys don't. <laughs> You've put in for for what fifteen years yeah, like for fi- sheep tags. Fifteen and, years for sheep tags, yeah. and you know, and that, I've only drawn. That's the third tag in total I've drawn. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I look at it as as. Uh, as icing on the cake, you know, if you happen to draw a tag, like that's, that's awesome. Um, but it does, I don't know, it hasn't not drawn tags, hasn't held me back at all. Um, and one thing that like, you see this, 
this impression that the state owes you these tags. Yep. You get these entitlements that people have about it, you know, whereas, like, I don't know. I personally kind of see it as this is a contribution to ADF and G and like, it is. And you know, if you get something cool, if not, then unfortunately we live in a state where there's OTC tags that you can do everything except bison. (laughs) So, and it's, and if you really just want to kill a bison, you can go, you know, pay someone to get one on Kodiak. (laughs) There you go. If that's your thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it just blows my mind. You know, the, it's just, yeah, I can't believe it. You know, it's some guy. It, <laughs> yeah, I've been putting in for you know. It, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. That ha- that will happen occasionally <laughs> if, if you stay on the podcast. But yeah, just trying to to hash out all these funny things that I've been seeing in the past <laughs> day. And yeah, I can you know, yeah, I'm that guy because I drew the tag this year. But I don't know. I look at it as and we joke like oh, it's our annual donation. Yep. You know, it's kind of fun. It's like they don't call it a lottery because you're entitled to have X amount of tags every year. And a lot of the guys, like, you know, oh, point system, point system. And I've gone back and forth a little bit because on one hand, it's like, yeah, you would like the – I like the idea of if you put in for so many years, all right, you know, you've kind of paid your dues to have a better chance, but – at the same time, you know, and one in particular, I do actually have one or two f- people I call friends that live in Utah. <laughs> um, you know, they and they're obviously their point system, and then I think like fifty percent of them go to random drawing, which is a which is a good idea. But the one one guy I know there is he hates it because he's like I you know he drew one really good bull elk tag. And he's like, I'll be 70 before I could ever catch up again, just by the numbers. And a lot of that's volume of people putting in. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. So many things that I I used to get fired up about. Now I'm just like, just leave it alone. You're going to screw it up if you try to <laughs> if you try to change it. Like yep. a lot of the 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 sheep regulation stuff and stuff that could be talked about in a whole different podcast too. But. Uh, yeah, you do have a muskox tag this year, though. I do, and I didn't. That draw may it. or may not be drawing. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you're you're gonna go down next month. Um. Yeah. Actually, it'll probably be a couple of weeks here. I think we're we're planning on going around the sixth of March. Nice. So for a few days and and uh, do that. Yeah, so. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt kind of bad. I uh, I texted you that morning, like after it was all said. Yeah, after it was all said, yeah. done, and all this getting these tags is is over in about fifteen seconds. Literally, yep. yep. I tried to get it. I didn't. I, I actually, I didn't. Wasn't planning on trying to get it this year because I got to go goat hunt. I I have to go goat hunting on Kodiak in March, so oh, I, I can't life. afford two trips. But uh, yeah, that's terrible. But I, <laughs> my dad got it a couple years, and I went out there with him and Nick and. It was a super fun time. Definitely, totally different world out there, and yep. awesome eating animals, and just a lot of fun. But uh, seemed like we haven't really hashed out this draw thing yet. Totally. No, I, you know, I, people, people. I, okay, so so a state trooper that was checking us a couple of years ago. Um, actually, was, I think he was checking me, Nick, and Taylor on a caribou hunt. Um, he told us that um, hunters will complain if the caribou or the sheep doesn't stick its hoof in their tent. Yeah. And um, I kind of, you know, I don't, I think that's kind of a sweeping generalization. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the times people, you know, it's ignorance and like, that's kind of harsh to say, but, you know, people, I, I've, I've actually talked with, with multiple individuals that like say, you know, I, I really want to hunt goats, but I can't draw the dang tag. And I go, you know, on, on the Southern side you can shoot two of them with a registration permit like you know yeah. there's there's ways around this i mean like like we stated before you know you can just go and do it like yeah you know, this year i didn't draw any tags you know i i made my 260 dollar contribution or whatever it was for everything i put in for and i'm totally fine with that i'm very excited about another season yeah like i said it's icing on the cake you know and you'll everybody i know that you know you kind of start formulating your plans for the year and 
if you happen to draw something, then you can change it up. But, yep. you know, the guys I know that are consistently successful and, and get to get out and do a lot of stuff, just it's because they do it. And I don't know, it just whether it's the mentality or just the perception, how it comes across, um, it seems like that not drawing a tag in their minds holds so many people up. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, there's people that were are, like, furious that they... <laughs> You know, and oh well, I know someone that that's drawn tags the last two years. It's like, well, it's random. So that'll happen. And I even, I even, you know, before <laughs> I haven't dove into the whole like chemtrails <laughs> society on the draw tags yet. But I've been before and like, you know, like, is it really random? <laughs> yep. And went through and like, and one of those guys over there like explained to me exactly how it's done, and and it is. You know, there. You know, it's always that that little bit in your back, in the back of your mind, that wonders. But I don't know who has the time to like rig the statewide draw <laughs> yep. for you know. Because the funny one was, and and it and it is kind of ironic because you know a lot of people that work for fishing game that tend to draw good tags, and that's like the the classic argument on it. But uh, <laughs> but I mean it's like this few people that handle the drawing, you know, whether it's in the office in Juneau or whatever, like they're really going to sift through these thousands and thousands and thousands of applications to pick out who they want and then divvy up the rest randomly. (laughs) I just don't, don't buy it. But yeah, so many people are just, just up in arms and, Oh, I can't, I can't go hunt because I didn't draw a tag, which is, I'm like, dude, you're living in a state with probably more over-the-counter opportunities than anywhere else. Yeah. You know, may, may not be totally, there may be a little bit of a generalization and not totally true, but, I mean, you can, you can hunt all year long and every year never draw a tag. You can hunt moose, caribou, black bears, brown bears, grizzly bears, mountain goats, musk ox, if you, if you get in there right. But, uh, yeah, pretty much everything but wild bison. Yeah. Right now is is has over the counter opportunities. So yeah, it just cracks me up, you know. And the funny thing is everybody's going to do it again next year and they're going to be just as mad, you know, they're <laughs> either going to either going to be swayed over cuz they do get a tag or they're or everybody's going to you know, they'll be just as mad next year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's somewhat ironic to me cuz a lot of the the same people that I see um up in arms about it are the same people that preach about political entitlements so it's kind of i kind of like see that kind of crossover mm. like you know where it's like there's some hypocrisy going on there like you're you, the, no one's entitled to a random drawing like it just is what it is yeah it's like I mean, a lottery and yeah hence the the lottery <laughs> of it. You're, exactly you're, you're putting in your few bucks per ticket and you know maybe you do maybe you don't but uh yeah needless to say i'm i'm gloating a little bit with this sheep tag it's uh i don't know it's one and and the sheep draw tags in in particular it's kind of a funny situation because i think like like toke and the delta management area everybody knows about them and everybody puts in for them and i think and sometimes i'm frustrated because i'm like man so many of these tags just get wasted yep you know it's like yeah 25 percent of the people don't even go and then another, what, I'm just making up numbers, but another 50 to 75% per, of people that get the tag aren't, like, by any stretch of the means, serious sheep hunters. Yeah, flail around in grizzly country and then turn around. Yeah, yeah. you know, and or go in there and shoot the first legal ram they see because it's their first one. You know, they finally got their sheep tag, so now it's worth going. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, that's kind of a good thing because those, it, you know, when, you know, it, if everybody that drew that tag was just a sheep maniac, like, they would probably have to cut the cut the quotas down, cut the tag numbers down to uh, maintain what they are. And that goes for over-the-counter hunting, too. I mean, yeah. If it weren't for all the lazy people, like the people that get after it, wouldn't have near as many opportunities to. <laughs> True. Like I think, um, like last year, I pulled the Delta tag um, the first time I put in for it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's typical. Yeah, that's typical. 
but you know um, that particular tag has between 30 and 35 percent success rate so that kind of um, they kind of make assumptions based on the tag numbers that they release um, based on success as well so you know um, you know I, I don't think that that tag should have 30 to 35 percent I mean it is no. a sheep hunt you never know but like you know that particular area there's so much information and it's all good like you know you can't really pick a bad spot to go in in that tag you just yeah. have to go yeah i mean it's like like there's some drainages and canyons that may not have the numbers that other areas do but yep. it yeah it just blows my mind that it's for that area that it's that low success rate and on yeah like i said i'm kind of thankful that it is on the one hand but sometimes i just i don't get it like it's not rocket science it's it's really it's really not you know i don't know sheep hunting is it is hard it's very demanding and on one hand i can or any of us who've done it a bunch can play up like yeah it's it's super tough because it is but on the other hand it's not it's it isn't rocket science no. you know it's if you're if you're willing to to get do some research and then give it your all and don't quit um i think that gets as many people's as anything does, you know, you hear a lot of stories, see a lot of guys that, that come out early, you know, yep. they got a few days in them. And if, and if it's not, not happening like they want it to, uh, then they, they throw in the towel. Some, some people, it but, will. uh, yeah, it's so easy to to get into that negative mentality, especially when you're looking at such a huge swath of land. And, um, you know, oftentimes people, I think, are their own worst enemies in that regard, that instead of, like, just cowboying up and pushing forward, they'll go, oh, this isn't going to happen. Like, there's that sort of voice of, of descent in their head that um, tells them, like, you know, this isn't going to happen. You're not going to be able to pull this off. These animals are like one of the apex species to hunt They're in terms of difficulties. Um, you know, and I think that they often, I think more often than not, people just get psyched out. And then the moment that you lose that motivation, it just goes downhill. Yeah. Like you, you start basically convincing yourself that it's okay because this isn't going to work anyways, et cetera. But yeah. And that's a, like, that's a really good point. And it's, uh, cause I don't know, you go into a hunt like that, especially if you're not experienced, it's, it's super overwhelming. Like you, and I've written about that kind of aspect of it before, you just have to take it one one step at a time and like and not let yourself quit because if you start thinking of every, of what's laid out in front of you in its entirety, you <laughs> yeah. know it, it's overwhelming. I mean, I don't know the last couple of years ago, I between going on a buddy's delta hunt to help him pack, help him get his sheep and pack, and then um, we ended up going out again. But I went by myself for for just a kind of a weekend jaunt to a spot I knew I could get to where the sheep were. And even that, man, I mean, I was having to fight that myself. It's just, oh, it'd be so easy to get, I could be back and I could be having a hamburger by tonight. Or <laughs> yep. You know, you just have to, you really have sheep. You really have to want it. Yep. Like a lot of things, you know, if you, if you want it bad and you're willing to, to work for it and not give up, um, then then you, your chances are just way way better but yeah like 30 percent that just blows my mind yeah even even thinking about it because and i i've been fortunate a, a lot you know certainly luck has been involved but uh there's only one cheap hunt i've been on that i haven't had the chance to kill illegal ram and we saw some but i mean that's a whole nother another story you're talking about opportunity like, yeah and that that was the second year i went and then two years ago i just passed myself out of shooting one i passed up three legal ones we had in range at different on different days and then the one the one i did go out i went after him four different days and it just didn't work out but uh didn't you wind up getting him anyway yeah i killed him th that was <laughs> yeah. two years ago then i killed him this year we're like i mean i'm 99 percent sure it's the same ram yeah but uh pretty unique one but yeah i i'm stoked i finally and where i was kind of starting and then rabbit trailed um was you know i've wanted a tag like a delta tag or a toke tag for years and uh but i having just drawn it now i feel like 
that's probably a good thing because Toke's like, if you draw it, you know, or it, I think if you kill one, then it's a, you have to wait four years before yep. you can put in for it again. And uh, I feel like I'm at the point experience-wise that I can do that tag justice because there's some cranker sheep in there. There are. And they're not, age. and, you know, like there's a lot, you know, there's a pretty good number of 40 inch rams come out of there compared to other areas. You know, there's always, there's big, big rams in a lot of over the counter areas too, but, um, being managed specifically for that and has good genetics in there. Um, I feel like I have no business coming home without, with less than a 40 inch ram, you know, and I, you've kind of, well, I have kind of told myself this since yesterday. <laughs> That's you know a little silly, but uh, but I think I'm going to have to approach it with that mentality. Like I'm not killing anything less than a 40 inch ram. Yep. You know, till it's the 11 o'clock hour, and even then, you know, do I really do I really want to just shoot a regular sheep when you never? I mean. That's amazing what can happen sometimes if you hold out even the, the last hour you'll see something that I know I would be kicking myself so hard if I'd all right last day and pop 36 37 38 inch ram and then walk around you know walk look up the next canyon and there's there's a giant one up there yep yeah then that that seems like that just tends to happen you know like I um like the the sheep I took last year at Delta um he's a beautiful ram um but you know, I, I he was the first one that I had seen that was that was a legal ram. You know, he's like oh, I don't know, probably a couple inches over full curl. Um, young, good genetics. He's a seven year old. He's thirty seven point yeah. five. He was a he was a big ram. For yeah. And, and but you know, if you know he had had a couple more years, he might have turned into something really special. Yeah. Um, but even after that, you know, my buddy then harvested his sheep, and um, in the group of his, after he took his, we saw one that was just an absolute monster. Man. monster 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 i mean he was broomed on both sides but like just low and came up as and he was an incredible ram oh no, well you know no regrets I, I shot a beautiful sheep but i was happy with it but um you know even still like if you go into it with that mentality of uh of that that's how it happens yeah and it's i don't know it's like it sounds a little cheesy talk talking like you know, being so picky because there's so many you know it's not, I don't know, I like to think it's not like the guy, oh, I'm not shooting less than 150-inch deer or whatever. It is kind of the same thing. But, yep. um, and ultimately, it may boil down to, like, I throw the spot and scope on a ram and, like, that. yep, that's him. I don't know, like, and speaking genetic-wise, do I look for an old one, an old big one, or do I just shoot one that, you know, all right, we're established, we're just going with, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to kill one i think is less than 40 yeah but there's some like eight-year-old 40s have come out of there oh yeah yeah and i mean because they're, they're not, they don't get broken or whatever it seemed like you know yeah anyway we'll see how it goes we got got all summer to, to figure to dial this thing in but yep. needless to say i'm i'm pretty dang excited yeah it should be yeah <laughs> and the funny thing was is i forgot what i i thought i drew i thought i drew delta <laughs> yeah you forgot which one you put in for yeah i forgot right. which one i put in for you know they text me and oh you're gonna be excited and i see you know ds 102 like the one it was and uh oh i got a delta tag and then so i don't know one of you guys was like oh man toke that's awesome i was like wait a second i did put in for <laughs> toke was what i put in for yeah so yeah I'm one of the I'm one of the few people that's happy that was happy yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just think I, I, you know, you're you're going to be disappointed, you know. And I looked and I saw all those. I was like, oh bummer, but you know, then it just floats away immediately. And, yeah, because um, that's that's what you. Ex I mean, that's yeah. what I expect. I'm like, there's like the little hope. It's like, or you put buy a raffle ticket for something, and it's like, really, you know, the odds. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to win, but uh, there's a little bit that kind of wants you to. But to me, it it doesn't warrant getting pissed off and been out of shape because i didn't draw something that had a low percentage i mean if you're if you're just like wanting to draw tags there's research you can i mean you can figure out like like the dc 485 like is a super super high percentage draw tag yep 
just because of the dynamics of it and the number of tags. But, you know, so if, if that's for some reason what's holding you back, there's tags you can, you can research <laughs> you just and see apply yes. for and you want to see a yes on yeah. there. But if you're just applying for toker delta sheep and bison you know <laughs> chances are the vast majority of the chances are you're you're going to be disappointed yep and i mean you can never make plans around them either so you know generally you know those like like you were saying earlier those people that are um successful time and time again that they generally they've already got their plans in a in a pile or or something that approximates it so you know when you do get that draw tag then that's when you decide whether or not it's going to change your primary um yeah plan so yeah and yeah just not letting draw you know the lack of draw tags hold you back or i guess just the mentality of of this is getting kind of back into the sheep hunting i guess i'm like <laughs> floating around like a like a floaty in a glass of water but uh yeah, just having the determination, you know, and that, that does play into not having the draw tags because guys that want to go and do it, like really want it, will do it and most of the time be successful. But going back to um, just being determined and not quitting, and I think that holds so many people back. Um, they feel like if they get a draw tag, then uh, if they get the draw tag, then they like have a good chance yeah, and some draws like yeah, you have a better chance maybe, but it doesn't it doesn't hold most people you know most people that are consistently successful it doesn't hold them back and and just the refusing to quit like I think it was a draw tag your goat a couple of years ago yeah yeah in the Chugach that but you kind of you went you went in there three times was it yep yep uh yep it was the third time that I that I went back in there. Had, had some uh had some bad weather um and you know i was full-time student at the time too so it's like i had pretty narrow windows it was like weekend t style hunts and then the one time i went in there with one way one of my buddies he uh he, he crushed one, one way is his nickname <laughs> yeah he crushed our uh water supply and then we just kind of left out of there a little bit earlier because it was real dry up there so mm -hmm. we had hiked it in so you know there was several events that um transpired that didn't lead to success but then you know on, on the third go i was able to shoot a beauty so yeah and you were in there by yourself when you shot him weren't you yep i was They're probably not going to do that again with goats but um <laughs> <laughs> i mean even even throwing a whole you know throwing a whole sheep in your camp and your backpack is is not easy but you know where goats they've got another 50 to 100 pounds on on yeah. sheep you know on the hoof yeah heavy hide yeah that was uh as, I mean, I, I can't imagine that I'm going to have a pack out that's worse than that one was, and it was only a few miles to the truck, but maybe at some point I will, but that yeah. one was, that was pretty bad. Yeah. You always remember, remember the, just the horrible pack outs. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, misery makes great memories. So, you know, that's kind of what I. <laughs> it does. I, uh, the, the second Ram I killed that one, I killed him about. Yeah, about half a mile from where I killed the one this last year. And that was in 2006. And I had not been back there since because I was so, like, traumatized by that pack out. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. And, of course, back in the, you know, I was just kind of a fledgling, fledgling one cheap wonder at that at that point. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I didn't have very good gear just what i could scrounge like a lot of like a lot of people up here you know i mean it's you get what you can afford and improve it as you can and yeah but uh super heavy one of those old cabela's frame packs and i knew water was going to be an issue in there and it was so i had like s literally seven nalgenes <laughs> like i didn't have water yep. bladders or nothing yeah, was... i had like seven nalgenes full and just overall heavier gear and all this stuff and uh and we went in there and it, it you know it was tough getting in then shot two rams the first two days of the season then the weather rolled in and we're stuck in the tent for three days everything just soaking wet and just that water got through everything and then finally it woke up at three o'clock in the morning and what woke us up was the rain stopped <laughs> 
and I'm like, we got to get the hell out of here. Like this is not happening. And so we loaded up, me and my buddy loaded up our whole sheep and camp, all this heavy ass gear in our stuff, jammed everything in the backpacks and hiked for 14 hours. It took us to get <laughs> out March. and my boots, let's just say they weren't, they, they didn't work with my feet real well. I mean, they were, they were fairly high dollar boots for, at least at the time for me, but, uh, I mashed up my toes so bad, like they still, they, on my left foot especially, still bugs me. If I get, <laughs> like walk in a certain way, carrying a backpack, like I could feel fine, everything else, but just my, my toes, I did some nerve damage or something to them. But, uh, yeah, so just the memory of that, like absolute exercise and misery, that's still probably the, one of the top two pack outs as far as, <laughs> yep. as, far as pain goes, but, uh. I'd always talked about wanting to go back in there and just uh, finally made it happen. And it was still, it was really tough, but it wasn't like I remembered having a little bit more experience. It wasn't near as scary. <laughs> yep. Because, yeah, especially, you know, you start out, the mountains are not small. And I used to play this game like, you know, in the off season, the first few years, it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one that's down low. <laughs> Maybe I'll get lucky and one of now I just accept the fact that it's gonna be miserable. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. And just kinda commit yourself to doing whatever it takes and you're not gonna quit. Even if you're slow, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly the picture of physical fitness. Well me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I figured I'd let you let you add that, but can still do it. Yeah. And uh that's so much of that that game is mental it seems like. It is, you know, in um, will and determination will get you really far. And I mean, you know, obviously having some basic physical fitness is good, you know, um, like where, where I excel and where I imagine you excel is strength and determination. Like, yeah. so like, um, you know, it was like, uh, when I went sheep, on, um, when Nick invited me to go sheep hunting with him this past year, yeah. um, he, he made a comment that I had one speed. So like yeah. while, <laughs> while we were, while we were going out, out to where he took his Ram, um, you know, he was you know, maybe a hundred yards plus in front of me the entire time. And then yeah. like he would take a nice little breather and I'd get to him. And then, so it was kind of like this vicious cycle. But then when we actually got um, our heavy loads on, which is, I think was a, even slightly heavier cause he had the head. So, but um, then like we were kind of more together. So like it kind of, he's, that's when he's like, you're one speed. Well, that's kind <laughs> of the way, that's kind of the way, you know, things are with me and Frank. Cause he's kind of a little guy and, and I can't, you know, if he pushes it, I can't keep up with him loaded light. But loaded heavies where I come into, yeah, <laughs> come into my own, or or my or my buddy Steve, who I'm sure I've hunted with a bunch, and I'm sure he'll be on here too, and I'll have to explain to him what a podcast is. <laughs> but uh, um, man, like Steve, I could, I cannot ever keep up with Steve when we're loaded light. Like I'm a little taller than he is. Like nothing makes sense. But like I'm like trying. It's like like my wife, you know, tiny little girl, and I can't when she's like on the move. I can't keep up with her. It's weird. <laughs> yep. But uh, I've actually found having a little bit of extra fuel in the old reserve tank. I do better than back in the days when I was in college and had time to lift weights and work out all the time, um, or made the time for it, had excess time. I do better now on the tail end of a sheep hunt than I did back then. Like I was just gassed. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, yeah, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're super svelte, um, you know, then you don't have that, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that reserves. Um, you know, I, I hunt with a, with a good buddy that, you know, he certainly, um, he requires more food. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. So that's how I justify it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the first couple days. <laughs> Or sucking pretty hard. Yeah. But as long as you you know you can get through it, then enter in de decent enough shape that you're not going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Make make good decisions <laughs> like that. So many people would just make good decisions. Yeah. Things would go a lot a lot differently. <laughs> yeah. So that's we're getting somewhere around an hour, depending on how much how many pee breaks and whatnot. I got to go back and edit out. Yeah. There's but, a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just mentally falling apart and <laughs> forgetting what I was even talking about. 
but uh yeah john thanks for uh appreciate you coming on it's been been great chatting with you I haven't actually seen you in quite a while yeah it's it's been a minute i think the last time was uh in nick's garage when i had mine and jimmy's ram and then you you brought your ram over so we were, so we were making him jealous chomping at the bit yeah yeah <laughs> he ended up he did end up getting getting a really nice ram so oh yeah now he's got the sheep bug which <laughs> you'll find this podcast a lot of the topics end up coming back to sheep hunting yep so john what uh for at least for the people alaska residents that may be you know all three of you that are listening <laughs> um if uh where how would your as far as your dip netting business um your charter business um how are they going to get a hold of you so um we're on facebook facebook.com slash copper river wild um our company is called copper river wild llc and um you could give me a call at area code 907 371 seven zero four six or you can send us a message on facebook um for those non-residents that are also listening we also offer tours and um our tours are nothing short of spectacular i mean i've spent a ton of time on that river and we will explore ruins and tunnels and uh bear sign and wildlife viewing and um it's just it's just an amazing place and a place that will forever be in my heart and i'm very excited about uh sharing some of my knowledge with a diverse group of individuals there so so that would be it either on facebook you can you can give us a shout or uh, or you can call our line directly and uh, we'd be happy to work with you and it's copper river wild right yep all right well thanks everyone thanks everyone for listening um if you uh want to get in touch with john i'll also put put that information in the in the show notes and uh if you enjoyed the podcast please uh go ahead and give me the most positive review you can i know it's trouble but uh but I'd appreciate that. And if you want to get in touch with me, um, questions or anything like that, you can email podcast at tundratalkak.com. And I'll also put that in the show notes as well. And eventually here, if uh, we, when we get more than, you know, one or two listeners, um, I would like to uh, answer, spend some time answering listener questions on the podcast itself. So yeah, don't, if you if you got a question about something, don't hesitate to ask. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.